Hey guys, the Olympic Games are underway and DraftKings is bringing you to the podium. DraftKings free-to-play pools are available every day of the games in Tokyo and they're offering a free shot of up to $50,000 in total cash prizes. That's right, up to $50,000 in total cash prizes, up to grabs. And the best part is it's free-to-play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, Choose from a wide variety of free contests for opportunity to win cash prizes and jump in the game. All you got to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's events. And, you know, track your track your results throughout the whole evening and see if you get the victory or not. You know, cash out victory. Questions arrange from medal count to, to just specific questions about the USA team. And it doesn't matter about the rest of that. DraftKings. Is safe and secure and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use the promo code TBPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $50,000 in total cash prizes every day of the games in Tokyo. That's the Olympics. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get you a free shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Hey Pelicans fans, welcome back to the Protecting Us podcast. This is your boy Dawson covering the covering the Pelicans with Forbes Sports, covering the rest of the league for music, movies, and hoops. I got my man with the crazy hair here with me, Logan. He's going to introduce himself. We're going to promote his podcast. We're going to talk about the Pelicans because, hey, look, the, the Memphis trade has finally been finalized. We're ready to move on. So we got we got us a starting to five bit of topics. But first, hey, Logan, tell my man where, where they can find you on social media, where they can find your articles, what you've been working on, where you come from, where you graduate. Just give me a bio, man. So I'm Logan Graff. You're currently... I write for uh, Buku Media. You can find them on Twitter at Buku Media. And you can also find me on Twitter at the Soulman57. Soul is spelled S O U L. And I come from Slido, Louisiana, not too far from New Orleans. Went to Slido High, and then I went to Southeastern, graduated last year with my media degree, trying to get into sports. That's something I've wanted to do my whole life. And there's not too much I can really say other than that. I mean, I just... No, you're good talk. Look, the 57, that's... That, like, you a baller. You played before. You played before, so 57 got to be your number. So, 57 was my number in high school because... Well, I mean, my number... Because he thought he was one better than Ricky Jackson. Come so, on, come on. 57 was my number in high school because I grew up with old school parents. My dad and my, my mom and dad are from New Orleans, different parts. And my when I started playing football, my dad told me about the Dome Patrol and I just fell in love with what I was watching. It was just aggressive, it was nasty, it was mean. So then Ricky Jackson was my, is, is my favorite player of all time and that's why I chose 57 from the time I played park ball and then when I got a chance to wear it again when I was in high school, my sophomore year and my senior year, I of course wore it. Then I started playing semi-pro football which I want to just get that out there. You don't get paid to play, you have to pay to play. So there's that. When I first started playing semi-pro ball for another team based in Hammond, I was able to get 57. I played for them for two years, but then I left because I'm just going to come out and say that I was the only white guy on the team, and the coach kind of was a bigot towards me, and that's kind of, I, I took that the 
wrong way. And then I found another team that was closer to home in Lacombe, Louisiana, the Bayou Lacombe Cardinals, which I play for now. And I wasn't able to get my 57 back. I was able to get 51 because I, I looked up to Sam Mills, too, because me and him was kind of the same height. He's 5'9", I'm 5'8". You say a little undersized linebacker, got to earn a keep. Right. So I kind of looked up to Sam Mills when I was kind of – started playing for the Cardinals even more. I mean, he was always one of my favorite players. I kind of always related them because of my size, and we played the same position. So I've been number 51 for four years now, and here I am now talking sports with everyone, doing something that I love to do and hope to do for a long time. Yeah, hey, you branching out. Before we get into these these starting five little topics we got about the Pelicans and the Saints, tell me about, like, you know, just coming out of college, trying to find a job. How it's kind of tough, you know. You, you got to build your brand. You got to build your voice. You gotta, you gotta differentiate yourself from people. Where, where sometimes you go in and they say, if you're not looking like this, you can't do that. And and no matter which way you want to switch it in this world, I, I, I know everybody wants to be politically correct, social media conscious, and all that. Whichever way you want to look at that, it's wrong. If you can do the job, you can do the job. Right, right, right. So when I was in college. Uh, it took me about a, about two semesters to figure out, okay, there's a TV station on campus. And I probably, if it wasn't for me taking not only the classes on campus, but me working at the actual TV station on campus, my voice right now would probably not be as clear and my enunciation would probably be way worse than it kind of is now because my parents, like I said, both come from New Orleans, different parts of it, and I come from Slidell, and it's just... Man, I feel you, I feel you. They, they ain't looking at us, but this is why I can't watch the water boys so many times. Like they try to hurt on us. They told us they told us our voice wasn't good enough. But yeah, yeah, come on. I it's not the same story. We shared this beforehand. I don't wanna jump off the podcast, but giving you the voice again. Yeah. I feel you. Like they, they to, tell you that it ain't there, but it's I to, there. I had to clean up my voice. It was just I was slangy, I can't like because of the neighborhood I came from and everything like that. But once I cleaned it up, it's like, I could talk both. It's like, because when I'm with my friends, I don't keep my professional voice or my TV voice, my radio voice on. I talk to them like I would talk to them in the neighborhood. So coming from that background, so working at the channel was kind of like TV school. Like it was just all, it all hit me at once that it's like, wow, everything about me is kind of changing, but not everything. They kind of wanted me to be a certain way. It was just, I, I have trouble trying to change for like, in my opinion, the worst. And I'd rather just be myself than them trying to make me into something I'm not. And that's probably why I'm having trouble finding an actual job in the industry. I mean, I, I had offer, but the offer just did not pay well enough. It's just, it's hard to break into the industry when you don't have the look that they're looking for, the, the stereotypical look for like a TV guy. Right, it may not just be the worst, it's just not your fit. Like, right. you know, hey, if you, just because you're kicking in the field, I mean, you're a soccer player. You might be kicking here one the way the other. If it's not the right fit, why force it? Why force it? Especially coming out of COVID. I mean, I went through Katrina when I was in college and dropped out for a semester. I can't imagine what it's like for, I mean, that was a city. That was a state. You know, that was a region. I can't imagine what it's like for a generation right. to try and be searching for jobs in the sports industry when it's guys like me holding up the, holding up the platform. It's guys like y'all coming out, right. graduating during COVID. Right. So I remember it was January, of course, when the Kobe news dropped. And I did a, a story on it for the channel that got released. 
And then uh, in February, I was telling my friend, Dylan Domain, who works at KLB, who I love to death. He's like a brother to me. We was exchanging ideas. I was telling him, look, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. He was like, look, just do it. Don't even ask to do it. Just do it. And, and if, he tells, if the boss tells you something, then just let him tell you something, and then you learn from it. So I had a senior project we, I was working on. Cause, and when you're a senior at Southeastern, there's this class called Com 498. And when you're taking that, you either have to do, like, they changed it up. At first, it used to just be a 25-page paper and up on a certain topic. Or they changed it to when I got there that semester to you can either do the paper or you could do a movie that's like eight minutes long. I chose a movie. So I took a... I took a These young kids got off. I had to do 50 pages. <laughs> I'm 10 years old. So it's crazy. Wait, wait till you hear about... So... I'm doing the movie. I'm getting interviews. I had, she, I had to take a, the spring season off because I was still going to want to play football, but I couldn't because I was doing my movie on semi-pro football and the ins and outs of it because not too many people know the ins and outs of it. Like how these players or my teammates have to actually have other jobs and they don't get paid to play. They're just doing it for the love of the game and they still want to win a championship ring. Kind of like me. I mean, of course, I would love to get paid to play ball, but... Here we are, I'm not, but, so I was get, I was about getting ready to put the final touches on and getting like the last bit of footage. Then COVID hit, and I remember the last time I was on campus doing an assignment, it was like one in the morning, I was at Fayard Hall, which is a classroom that has computer labs and stuff, that's open till two in the morning for you to do homework and stuff. I remember sitting next to my friend, we're doing it, typing up our history paper together. I remember saying, man, this is only going to last hopefully like two weeks and then we'll be back. But we was actually, then we said, man, I'm actually scared this is going to linger out to be longer than that. Then second week of March, we get an email saying, look, go home, pack up your dorms and get the hell out. So everything was remote from there. And ever since that, I just been steady doing what I do, writing articles, trying to stay sane, keeping me involved in the media game because I mean this is something I want to do it's not I mean money of course is the main goal but the other main goal for me is just I want to get my voice out there I want to just build a maybe change people's lives maybe them seeing me out there me talking about where I come from and I made it out of here can inspire somebody right a new perspective I mean right. you say money is the main goal but I, I, I listening to you the last few hours I don't believe money is the main goal it's more getting your voice out there and just being able to to live instead of survive on right. some of these things that that basically in this industry they they have a lot of jobs where you can barely survive. It's a rat race. It's a dog eat dog, man. And and not to try and hype it too much. There's not too many people that's willing to to work with others and, and try and help them out some so many ways. I don't want to promote this podcast, but I do want to promote like the Bird Rights did their scholarship program for uh, we hooked up Anthony Rose Jr. He's done some stuff. I actually invited that young man. He's a high school senior. I told him, look, instead of all these other guys just wanting to charge much, I'll give you a connection. You come take all my pictures in the Superdome. And and I don't I don't even know how that's going to change that man's life. Because five, ten years down the road, after he's done with his college degree, there, there's no telling. But moving on, we're a Pelicans podcast. I want to get to these top five. I'll just ask you generally. What do you think about the draft? Trey Murphy, you know, the three. Trey, Trey M. Trey, 
all that. So, I'm ready to be looking at him at summer league. What do you What do you expect from him? What do you want to see? So going off of the, our first round draft pick, Trey Murphy, when we traded down and they started kind of mocking him to us, because I make draft boards. I do it because I love to do it. I always make draft boards ahead of time. I start adding names here and there. We picked him at 17. I had him like 15th, maybe 12th on my draft board. I mean, I love the guy. He, the energy that he brought to Virginia, and it's just his game in general. I know he only averaged 11 points, but I mean. Just those 11 points, he looked fantastic. And what I would like to see from him in summer league, I mean, him and Willie Green get a first, Willie Green gets a first glance at him. Or Willie Green, y'all know about the podcast, Willie Green. Willie That's the only reason we go in the summer league is the scout, Willie Green. I'm sorry. Hey, y'all, I've been drinking. He hadn't. Y'all chill. <laughs> Willie Green. So go ahead. He gets, a, he gets a first crack at seeing Trey Murphy's game and kind of develop him early on. And I just think Trey Murphy kind of has a little bit of B.I. in him. I, I oh, can see yeah. a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He got kind of like a little bit of Brandon Ingram, in, Brandon Ingram in him. And I feel like Willie Green could be the one to bring it out of him even more. He I feel could, like he got some Buddy Hill in him. Like, he got that range. He got that shooter. He got that dagger from outside like and, that. Uh, Trey Murphy can also play a little bit of defense. The main goal for the Pelicans going into the draft was – Defense, defense, and we want to score. They got both, I think, with both the players that they drafted. I think the one in the second round I was more happy about that we got Herb Jones out of Bama. Back in March, I watched Herb Jones play LSU or even in the tournament in March Madness. I remember telling everyone on Twitter, look, Herb Jones is the guy. That's who the Pelicans need to get, and if we get him, I'll jump up for joy. Sure enough, second round, I'm like, I was telling people in this Pelicans group message that I'm in, we're going to get Herb Jones tonight. I have a good feeling. Sure enough, we got him. Everyone started messaging me that I've been telling since March. Like, everyone knew how excited I was because I just love the guy's game. Kind of has a little bit of Draymond Green in him, Tobias Harris. He can play defense. I mean, SEC player of the year and defensive player of the year, too. I'm going to tell you, there, there's no player I've been more impressed with the last six months than Tobias Harris just because I've got to see so much of what they sent me for doing a story on the NBA Foundation. What he does off the court got me interested in what he does on the court. And, hey, maybe this ain't Pelicans related or not, but shout out to Tobias Harris. That man is doing some work, not only on the court, but in his community. Right. Shout out to anyone who's doing anything in their community. But, uh. I love both draft picks. I really think having Willie Green, the actual head coach, get a first crack at him before a regular mm-hmm. season in summer league, him actually teaching from start to finish, that's something not too many rookies can say that happened to him, that their actual head coach is coaching them in summer league. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And I really expect Trey Murphy and Herb Jones to become something special because, like I said, Herb Jones, Defensive Player of the Year, too, in the SEC, they don't just give that to anybody. I mean, back a while. They gave it to Anthony Davis, they right? Gave, they gave it to Anthony Davis, and now look at him. So, I mean, I think Trey Murphy can become something. Like, maybe he can average 15 a game off the bench. Herb Jones, same thing. Maybe he can even get more, like, get you blocks, steals. Just kind of be like what Draymond is, but maybe even better. Who knows? So, I, I just think it was great moves by the Pelicans. Two great draft picks. I had Herb Jones, of course, higher on my board because I think he could have been a good first-round pick, but we got him where we got him, and, 35, that's a solid steal in my opinion. Yeah, moving on that, like we, we we sent that 51st pick to the Clippers. We finally 
finalized that trade. We finalized the Memphis trade. There's some folks that just ain't really happy with getting a couple seconds of Valanchunas. Uh, how do you feel about that trade going forward? Both the Memphis, the Chicago, and, and what might be set up for, you know, the, the next segment where we really break into it. So, I knew for start, right after the season was over with, I was like, okay, we got to get rid of Steven Adams. We got to get rid of Eric Bledsoe. They don't fit. And I was like, if we keep Stan Van Gundy, so be it. But, I mean, they moved on from all three. I think getting Valanchunas, who can he, he can get you a double-double every game. I mean, he also. So can Willie. <laughs> Willie Herman Gomez. Yeah. He, he actually was more of a Stephen Adams than Stephen Adams was for us this year. Yep. But getting Valanchunas, I mean, man, that guy has been, he's only 29 and he's still young. I mean, he just had a game, I think, last season where he had, like, I think 33 points and 20 rebounds, and that's absurd. That's like, you don't see that that much these days where someone's getting, like, 30 and 20. Shaq might put that up. That's like Shaq. Dwight Howard might put that up once. That's Shaq Shaq numbers. That's crazy. I mean, and you put him with Zion, I think it's good spacing because, I mean, he can also shoot threes. He's opened up his range. Mm-hmm. And then yep. you also trade away Eric Bledsoe, who just did not fit at all, which I, they thought he was going to be another Drew Holiday. And that experiment failed. It's just, I think it was a good move in general. Just a good move in general. I mean, I think we won that trade. And then the whole Lonzo trade with Chicago. I would have loved to keep Lonzo, but I just, in my opinion, he's not worth over 20 million. I mean, he got oh, close to 22 million a year. We, I heard, offered around 18 to 20. He didn't take that. Rich Paul, being the guy that he is, got him more. It's fine. I mean, I wish we could have got more from Chicago, more than Garrett Temple and Tomas Sadoransky. <laughs> I know, I know. The temp- Sadoransky and Temple, come on. It makes oh, no Lord. sense. I mean, oh I wish we could have got Laurie in that deal. He could have been a backup four for us. But, I mean, we got Herb Jones that could play the three or four now. And, I mean, it's just overall for the offseason thus far, give us a C minus, maybe even C plus, because I think the best move that we got was Valentinus. And also, I can't forget about Devontae Graham. That was a, I mean, it's questionable. We trained a first-round pick that could turn into two seconds, but... We'll see where it goes. I, I, I think the Devontae Graham move is going to probably be underrated. Because, I mean, he at one point, he was up for MIP, most improved player. I think he's like the fringe all-star that Drew Holiday was, but just like the second fringe past that. Like, there's a silver lining, and then there's that one. Drew Holiday's here. He's there. Like, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. And, hey, if anybody heard all the whispers, we've been trying to do some live and local stuff. We at Bayou Beer Garden. They about to have a party, so we're going to move out. But... Just to hit it real quick, you see the trades coming. There might be another one coming. I don't think it happens until Josh Hart sees a contract that he likes and he signs it. I think, well, actually, I know. I know. I can show this one. I know that there might have been a trade for Bradley Bill involved Hart going home to D.C. for a little bit less than what he really wanted. If it involved Jackson before Jackson's things come up, you see that too. What, how you feel about that? And how you feel about it going into summer league, knowing Willie Green's going to leave this team, and we'll we'll end on that because we're going on 20 minutes. That's a full that's a full half of this NBA type type podcast. Go ahead. So the whole Josh Hart thing. I mean, if we could get a sign and trade for him at a 
reasonable price. Well, what's reasonable? I I hate to jump off on you real quick, but you don't see the deal. I did. I mean, two for twenty four ain't gonna work. Two for twenty four is. We need three for forty. Two. I mean, maybe three for forty will work. I mean, you divide that up, and I mean, it's a good size for him. I mean, so you got to think about what both sides want. I mean. There's been talks that they could possibly trade for Buddy Hill, get him back in New Orleans, which I would love. And if you want to trade Josh Hart and Jackson for Bradley Bill and whatever draft picks you have. Kira, two draft picks and two pick swaps. To be honest with you, I would hate to see Kira leave, but, I mean, if you can land someone like Bradley Bill, that's a win-now move. And I would hate to see Kyra Lewis go, but it's Bradley Bill we're talking about. I mean, the multiple-time all-star. And he was also on the Olympic team for a tiny bit before he just backed out because of COVID reasons. So, and I mean, before the whole Jackson situation, that's just, I'll leave that up to the LAPD and everyone else to handle that. It's just an unfortunate situation. Because Jackson, I think, was going to have a breakout year this year under yeah. Willie Green. And I think that's probably why we got Herman Gomez back because of the whole Jackson situation and his possible suspension. And, I'm hoping Summer League this year, what I want to see from Summer League is just, I want to kind of see a glimpse of what Willie Green's system looks like with the rookies, what he can do with people like Cairo, Herb Jones, Trey Murphy, and all the other guys that's on the team. I mean, just those, those main three, I would like to see how he works with. Well, it's more of a, is it DHO heavy? Is it horns heavy? What is it pick and roll heavy? What kind of offenses is he running? Right. Uh, we look at Jackson Hayes, not the throw this too far out there. I doubt I get that interview with the NBA Foundation if I was wrong about Jackson Hayes missing Summer League. But there's more to more to that story and the Pelicans and Jackson Hayes and maybe a potential victim. We don't need to forget about that. I think that like it, it gets glossed over when you get into sports media. No, that needs to be overlooked. We got plenty of time to get that sorted and settled. And Summer League is an opportunity for so many people we know Jackson Hayes, if everything's cleared, he's a part of this team. Right. So let's look at the rest of the team. Let's give him time and the team time and the NBA time and the victim and whoever else time to process this. Because there's so much more to look forward to while I'm in Vegas and I've got nothing but my camera on Willie Green. <laughs> right. So the whole thing with Jackson, like I said, I'll just leave that to the LAPD to investigate because – that is a topic that I don't really touch on, anything involving police work and all that. I leave that up to the actual professionals, and I'll just stick to sports. But uh, if it comes out that Jackson can play, then that's great because Jackson, I think, can really take another step, especially under Willie Green. And as go as far as the what system Willie Green's going to run during summer league, he did say he was going to play, wanted to play fast. Wanted to play defensively. Kind of like what the Suns did and kind of what the Warriors did, but kind of combined. He just got to work yeah, the Yeah, but you had Willie Green working under D'Antoni in Phoenix, and now it's swapped. Mike D'Antoni's coming to New Orleans, and he's going to help run that offense while you got some defensive foundation with Corey Brewer, Willie Green. If you really think Teresa Weatherspoon is going to back off on defense, I hate to tell you, y'all ain't seen her in practice. Right. I mean, in Dan Tony, that was actually a good move because, I mean, people's always asking me, what, how, what, how do you define the whole coaching advisor position? I, I compare it to, it's kind of like a guidance counselor. They're going to be there to be a shoulder to here. But to wrap it up, uh, I just want to promote my podcast on Boot Crew Media. It's called The Hit. You can find it on my social media page. 
You can look it up on BooCrewMedia.com. Look up Logan Graffier. Hey, Boo, you don't mind if we call you out for being a Lakers fan, huh? I do mind. Oh, come on. Hey, I'm going to put this on the podcast then. She <laughs> I don't know if you want to give him a name. We got a podcast. I'm, I'm messing with you. Are you a Pelicans fan? Your next drink on the I am. I'm going to be in Vegas tomorrow covering the Pelicans. Don't worry about it. We got a Lakers fan chasing us out of here. <laughs> Close it up for us, Logan. Tell us where they can find you on social media. They know I'm over protecting this podcast. Unfiltered dunks, doing it, Dodson. Let's wrap it up. We know we got Jackson, summer league stuff coming up, and it's all happening next week. Y'all Come know. on, baby. Late show. <laughs> and she on a late show. Can't argue with that. You can find me on BookerMedia.com. Like I said, the podcast is called The Hit. And you can follow me on social media at the Soul Man 57. Soul is spelled S O U L as in soul music. And I'm Logan Graffy, and that's what I got. <laughs>